Kuratashia handaya, sikiri handaya, rebosia handaya, kuratashia handaya. The Lord is saying this, that, that, um, He said, in your lives, and some of you are experiencing this now, some of you, uh, are walking through it, some people are, are going to experience, but He is just telling me to tell you, in your life, you will revisit some of the old challenges that you've had. Old challenges may pop up in your life. You will revisit, revisit. That is not your permanent place. You're just revisiting is what God is saying. Overcomers revisit is what the Lord's saying. Because just because you overcame it once, it doesn't mean that you can't overcome it again. But he says you're just revisiting. You're revisiting in a way where you can say, well, look at where God's brought me from. This doesn't have power over me anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And this is a place, the revisit is always a place of rejoicing, not a place of discouragement. The Lord is saying there are no repeat offenders in my kingdom. There are no repeat where the enemy will be screaming at you and saying something's wrong. You did something wrong. Here you are again. There are no repeat offenders in my kingdom, says the Lord. There are only overcomers. And the Lord is saying, I am allowing you to revisit with me in full power and authority, knowing that you have overcome. Once you overcome, you overcome. You're not having to do it over twice because you missed something or you didn't do something right, is what the Lord is saying. But the Lord is saying, when in in the Old Testament, when kings were defeated, We brought the children up to put their foot on their necks to take fear out of them, says the Lord. And I cause my people to revisit things that they have already overcome, to put your foot on the neck of it and to prove to yourself it has no authority over you, says the Spirit of the living God. So it is time for rejoicing. Revisiting is a time of rejoicing. That is not your final destination. You will get where you say you want to go. You will get where I am taking you on time. Nothing missing, nothing broken. This is your victory that overcomes even your faith. And this is how your faith is strengthened and solidified. You're revisiting only. You are not, you are not a failure. You are not a repeat offender. You have done nothing wrong, says the Lord. I correct everything that has been wrong in your life with my blood of forgiveness and power. And so you go on and you walk through as the, as though there is nothing wrong, says the Spirit of the Lord. I want my people to take wrong out of their thinking because you're always an overcomer. You're always an overcomer. You are always an overcomer, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Kurandai, 
So, Father, I pray for every soul here that we would free ourselves up from blame, negative thinking, wondering. There is no wondering. There's only faith. Faith does not wonder and faith does not wander. But faith looks straight ahead. Your goals are still the same, says the Lord. Your victory is assured, says the Lord, because I am your victory and I don't fail, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I speak a release to every soul here, Father, from any ensnarement, any ensnarement of the accuser of the brethren. I break its power over every soul within my hearing. Thank you, Father. I break its power. The accuser has been cast down. Put your foot on his neck and hear him no more, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God. Amen and amen. Father, thank you for your word, for understanding of your word. We thank you, Father, too. Open up our eyes, our minds, our hearts, our ears. Uh, let us hear what you are really speaking to us and let us grab it, grab hold of it. Because the revelation, the power, the knowledge belongs to us <clears throat> as your heirs. So we thank you for it, Lord, and we bless you for this time with you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So our title is Fix Your Eyes on Jesus. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> I lost it. Then I lost where the, the, the notes were. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know. Thank you, Jesus. You found it for me. You found it. You always rescue me. That's such a beautiful thing. So praise God. So, uh, so we're, we're going to be in Mark chapter five. And this is a story of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue and his daughter's healing. And, um, you know, there so many times we go over these same stories because we're limited as to the number of stories we have in the Bible. Number one, we can't make any up. Now we can give testimony of what we have experienced, but you gotta go to the Word to get the meat and the essence of things and, and we know that Jesus did many more miracles and healings than are recorded in these pages, but He gives us these for a reason. And I think it's so that we can really study them, uh, not really read them like a bunch of stories, but to study them so that we can seek the truth that's there, the nuggets of revelation and all of the things that God wants us to receive here. And so um, when this story begins, Jesus is approached by the ruler of the synagogue. And it starts in verse 21, Mark 5, 21. When Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, many people gathered to him. And he was near to the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now this is a statement of faith, and this is a statement that we all make 
either inside, outside, you know, this statement must be made. It can't be, I hope she lives. It can't be, um, I'm asking you if she's going to live if you do this. There can't be any ifs in it. It has to be a, a definitive statement where, where your, your mind is made up, your heart is fixed, and you know that you know that you know that this will happen. And, and there are many things that can get us to this point where we have that definitive in us that I know I'm, I'm healed or I know that when this happens, I'll get the release of the rest of my healing, something like that. There has to be a definitive point at which we give ourselves over totally to trust in God and trusting in his word. And so it just happens for Jairus. It's, it's at this point where his little daughter, he says, is near death. And so there's a desperation there. There's a, uh, a focus there. Sometimes when you're forced to focus on God's word is when you accept that you're healed or you accept that you're going to trust him all the way, you know, with your body. Where at whatever, wherever point you are in the manifestation process, you, you have to make up your mind that he's, he's doing it. He's going to do it. It's done. It can happen at any time. There has to be a time where we cut off all of the delay, all of the waiting, all of the winting, all of the things that we do sometimes, and not that, that that's not part of the process, but there has to come a point where we, we know that this is our time. We just know it is. And and so we, we have to, to understand that that is a part of the process. We don't know where Jairus started. See, pretty much he probably started where all the rest of the, the ministers in the synagogue started. And that is anti-Jesus, making fun of him, you know, trying to think of ways to trip him up. Amen? You know that God can work with this, right? He he takes, you know, some of us were big ridiculers of Christians. You know, I know I used to make fun of them, you know, religious fanatics. And you couldn't imagine somebody being that vocal about their love for God. But then when it happens to you, that's when you understand it. Amen. And so that's where God wants everybody to get to, to that point where it happens to you and you understand how these people feel finally. You understand their devotion to God. You understand why they're so sold out, where they're, why they're so vocal about how they feel, etc., etc. And so it, this is part of the process of conversion. Sometimes we get converted because we've been questioning everything. God doesn't mind questions. Amen. Because he has all the answers. And he knows that many of us need to get answers so that we can believe. And so we, we know that Jairus has, he's, his faith has been worked on. Amen. For him to get to the point to where he has total trust in Jesus and he trusts him with the life of his daughter means that his faith has been developed and his faith has been worked on. And sometimes that's what God is doing with us. He's working on our faith. He's the Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, when you decided to trust him, you didn't come to that decision all by yourself. God had some input in that, even though maybe we didn't know it was God. We didn't know what the process was. We didn't know what he was doing. 
but but we've been worked on little by little. He's been getting our attention. You know, sometimes it's years apart where he's been been talking to us or showing us things or revealing uh, himself to us. Amen. Uh, you know, there's some things that I've known inside of me since I was a small child, but I didn't know what they meant or how to put them together. See, once you're in the light, then more things can be revealed. When you're in darkness, you get a patch here, a piece here, a puzzle there, you know, and you try to fit it together and you think, well, I don't know what that means. Or, you know, you just have no no desire to try to get more. But you can see where God has been helping you to understand. He's been leading you to the place where you are, even if it's a little step at a time. It's one thing at a time. Amen. And, 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 and there are places where we need to understand that, that we are still a work in progress. He's still bringing us bits and pieces to the puzzle and he's inviting us to go deeper, go further. You know, do you want to know me better? And if so, this is what I want to tell you about me right now. You know, the Bible tells us if we will seek him with his with our whole hearts, we will find him. And so there comes a time of wholehearted seeking that that we have to, to do in order to get to the finish line. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with winting. Don't don't take that in the wrong way. But but there are times when we've been you just say, you know what, I've been winting long enough. Anybody ever say that? Or, or this is, you know, when am I going to get to the finish line now? You know, I'm, I'm winting. I'm, I'm not in pain. I'm not in discomfort. God takes care of me. But there is something. I'm still headed towards something more glorious. Amen. Uh, and everybody can say that about their city. It doesn't have to always be your health. And it doesn't always have to be your finances. Sometimes you just need to want more peace of mind within yourself. You know, maybe peace with other people. You know, family members. Um, you know, you, you can, there's always more to this, this walk of faith and the image of Christ that God is developing in us that we can experience. We're not done yet. You know, that's, that's what I can tell you. We're not done yet. And so with, with, with us fixing our eyes on Jesus, we start to conform more to his image. We start to do things more the way he would do them. Uh, the way there's a refinement that comes in our lives. There's something, it's not just a need anymore. Even though he is very, very, um, uh, um, I guess you would say gracious and desiring to meet every single need we have. He doesn't look down on us because we have needs, you know, or that we ask him to fulfill. We're supposed to do that. We're to look to him as our answer in all things. And so he welcomes all all phone calls. He doesn't care if emergency phone calls or I'd have messed up again phone calls or woe is me phone calls. He welcomes all sincere seeking. And so this is what's happening with Jairus now. Uh, he's a sincere seeker now. He's coming from the same place we all come from. And that's from a life of being estranged from God. If you can imagine the, 
the issues in his life, what he's going through. He's the leader of the people that hate Jesus. You got me? He's like from the rival gang. Amen. And and now he has to humble himself to him. He's probably wrestled about this a long time. That's probably why his daughter is so sick now. You got me? Sometimes we get to a point of desperation, but God doesn't hold that against us. He's always for us. Amen. He doesn't care what hour it is in our lives when we reach out to him. You know, people will say things about people. We'll see people, oh, they live for the devil all their life, and now they got sick and old, and they want God. Well, this is a good time. You wanted him when you couldn't do any better. And you kind of act like a little funny right now, the way you're talking about people that just want to walk the same road you walked. We all come to him because we can't do any better. Amen. We all come to him fighting and kicking and screaming uh, because of what we used to think. You're, you're fighting all of those thoughts. You're fighting your position. You're fighting, you know, this man had to give up something to humble himself to the Lord. They kick people out of the same. He's losing his job. He's losing his position. He's losing his place of honor. It's like, whatever it is that you got to leave behind and he's probably thinking to himself what what position what job what nothing's more important than the life of my child you see what i'm saying and so he's willing to risk everything so that his daughter can live and i think god looks at stuff like that he looks at how how much you humble yourself to him to receive the things that he has for us everybody's got to humble themselves some you got to step out of your own way of doing things. You got to step out of your pride and your your position and and all of that. Everybody's got to come down a few notches to to reach Christ. Amen. He resists the proud. You want grace? You got to humble yourself to Him, God. Whatever it takes. You know, I, I really don't care at this point. And if you know this is, I'm asking in an arrogant fashion. You know, I, I repent and show me the right way to approach you. You know, so that I can receive what, what it is that my heart longs for. So this guy's heart is longing for his daughter to be healed. It's like, there's no, there's no, nothing in, is in the way anymore. And, and I think that's a good place to be, because God will, will grace you with your answer. He will grace you with all the help that you need in order to get your miracle. And, and I think this is the other thing we underestimate God on. He's not, you know, when you come to him by faith, you're coming to him offering what you have. You know, it may not be perfect. It may not be, you know, mountain moving, highfalutin, hope against hope, you know, great faith. You know that kind of Abraham kind of faith? Abraham's faith was always part of his life. It started out kind of puny and confused. Just like most of us are sometimes when we start out. Our faith is very puny and very confused. But God sees that offering of, of our trust is what it's, what your faith says is I'm willing to trust you to take me into this great unknown that I know nothing about. When you think about it, it takes a lot of 
you know, chutzpah, whatever we need to, <laughs> to, to get next to God because we know nothing about Him. You're on a journey you've never been on before. This is a God you, you have to trust a step at a time and, and live your life for Him, totally for Him. Sometimes you're on track with Him and sometimes you're way off the mark. You know, sometimes we're so way off the mark, we, we don't even know where we are. And so, so, but he's, he will accept any sincere reaching out. Any sincere reaching out. Amen. Some of us keep reaching out and we keep wondering why we can't get this thing fixed yet. And you know what he's telling me to tell you? He says, I'm just glad you're here. He said, I've been wanting to talk to you. I'm just glad you're here. Amen? There's always two ways to look at everything, folks. You, you can look at it the same old way, or you can look at accept what God says. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know sometimes that we are dependent upon God because He likes our, our company. He'll keep moving the He'll keep moving the bait a little far farther away from the trap. He knows He's gonna give it to you, but He wants your company. He wants you to catch on. I love you, and I want to spend time with you. Shooby dooby doo. Huh? That's true. Sometimes we so quick running around and doing every little thing all the time. He just wants us to just stay put, just chill. I, I was looking at, you know, sometimes you look at some of the, the posts you, 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 I don't even know most of these people, you know, but every time I see an, a foot in a cast or an arm in a sling, and I think, I said, well, Lord bless them because they, you finally got their attention. They've got to stay put and listen to you. They've got to stay put and cry out to you. Amen. Then you see all the people say, wishing you a speedy recovery. I said, no, nah, in God's time. Amen. Because he's got their attention now. You know, you're healed. Come on now. I'm not wishing bad on nobody. We're all healed. But sometimes we need to slow our roll. And if you can't slow it, it'll get slowed for you. Amen. You're healed. God didn't mean for that to happen to you. But sometimes things do happen. We have trouble in the world. Amen. So just just look at it as a, a, a calling card, an invitation from God to come and sit at his feet. Amen. And be blessed. Amen. You you will be blessed for your efforts. So amen. So anyway, so where are we with Jairus? He's he's seeking the Lord for his daughter's healing. Amen. Seeking him. And it says in verse 23, he besought him greatly. He's, he's desperate. Amen. Your desperation counts, folks. It, it's not like, you know, 
I hear people say, well, you don't have to beg God for nothing. I say, I don't know, honey. I have been pretty desperate. I don't know where you live, but on my street, <laughs> we want to make sure he knows we mean what we ask for. And we're sincere about it. He says, my little daughter is at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. So what this is doing is locking Jesus in to this man's faith. You don't see a doctor mentioned. You don't see a maybe mentioned. You, you, this man is saying, you're my last resort. You're my only hope here. If you don't do it, she's going to die. If you don't do it, she won't live. And so once you make up your mind that you are serious with God and you're sincere with him, you get Jesus' attention. Amen? Because he he his conditions are this. This is what Jairus is saying. He tells him three things. Come with me. So that's a condition. Jesus has got to go to his house. He's probably afraid if he moves this little girl, she'll die. Because if he could have brought her with him, he would have. But he says, come with me. She's there at the point of death, too fragile to be moved. And if you will touch her, she will be healed and she will live. So those are his conditions. Come home with me. Lay your hands on her. She will be healed and she will live. Amen. And so so he's wanting this girl to come back to her full potential. In other words, he's had a vision for her to grow into adulthood ever since she's been on the earth. And he wants that vision to be completed. Amen. It's not about, you know, come and lay hands on her and let's see how if she gets any better. Amen. It's come because because you are the one source of life, and I'm convinced of it. Amen. So Jairus, even with his skepticism and all of the mean things that the the mean tweets about Jesus from from the synagogue people, you know what I'm saying? All that stuff. He still humbled himself enough to find out from God the Father: Is it a chance that my girl can live? And if so. Is Jesus the one? And if so, I'm going to go ask him. And if he decides to, to, to come with me, then I'll rest in that. You got me? There are some markers in your process that will increase your faith as you go along. So when Jesus hears this man's request, he knows, he realizes, just think about it now, where Jairus is coming from. He's been in the critical bunch, the anti-Jesus bunch all along. he got some hurdles across. Sometimes the people that you, it's like people that, that want to come back to church. To a church they have left and, and left and, and, and ridiculed the leadership. Or said mean things about the people there. They seldom cross back over that line again. God's merciful. He will let them start someplace else. But you can't tell me. The, they Look at all the time they waste. Being out in the world trying to back up their, their lies with their behavior. You know, you, you, you know, people who are backslidden, the devil grabs them and tells them, you can't go back there. If you go back there, what do you think people going to say? 
they're not going to treat you right because they didn't treat you right when you were there, even though they did. See, it's the devil's lies that keep people in a, a condition where they can't have the blessings of God. You know, the Bible says to people who are pure, all things are pure. You know, uh, there, when, when, when your heart is, when you are diligent about guarding your heart from, from lies coming in and wickedness coming in and evil coming in and all that stuff, when you're diligent, you'll see things right. You'll see things the way God sees them. And you'll see, and you won't have to cross that line, never be able to come back again. But if you don't guard your heart, you let the devil start telling you lies about people, start making up stories about them and adding things up to get you to push you over the line. So Jairus is has lived over the line all this time. He's trying to get over into a place he's never been before. And that is trusting God and, and loving Jesus and respecting him. Because faith works by love. So if this man were still skeptical, and if his heart weren't right, and Jesus couldn't work with him to help him to overcome that, you wouldn't see this whole story happening. So this man has gone to God and, and straightened his thinking up. He's straightened his heart up. He's uh, uh, showing Jesus respect. Plus he's asking him a legitimate thing. So if this man's faith is working, even a little bit, he will get God's attention. Amen. Don't think that your faith has to be perfect day one. He's That's why you go to God because he is the perfecter of your faith. He'll get it to the place where it's right. Amen. It's like the woman, the woman, a Syrophoenician woman that had the daughter. She came to Jesus with, with some deceit in her. See? She's putting on like she really has a love for the Jewish people. Where she's harboring some ill will because she's all in the back of her mind. She's thinking, he may not help me because these people don't like my people. You got me? What keeps keeps our, our churches separated on a color line? It's a trust thing. It's not whether or not you hear from God, because every now and then you see some people cross that line and go over and get what they want. Why? Because they're being obedient to God. God don't have you go to people because he likes them because they're the same color as you, or they think you're better suited for your day. He don't look at stuff like that. It's we that look at those things. And when we get before a holy God, he wants to smash that. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to get rid of that division color thing because he wouldn't know where to put you when you get to heaven if you're all locked up in color hey you know ain't no such such section up there amen and so he god obliterates all this unlovely stuff amen because this lady is coming to jesus because she wants her daughter healed but she can't her faith isn't working because it's locked up in these people look down on me. And he's just like them. So he had to unlock her from that. And how does he do it? He provokes her out of it. He lets her see what's hindering her. Amen. Once she tells the truth, she's, 
she's as good as got her her answer. Amen. But there's this dog thing hanging around her. And she's probably rehearsed in her mind so many times. These people think we dogs, but baby, I can get crumbs off the table. I'm a dog, but I'm going to be a dog with a healing. She probably rehearsed that so many times. Haven't you done things like that? When you think you're going in enemy territory where people don't like you, or they look down on you, or they don't think you're good enough, you rehearse in your mind what you're going to say to somebody if that ever comes up. And sure enough, it came up. Amen. And deep down she was determined to get her daughter's healing no matter what she had to do or say to get it. That's why Jesus told her. He said, well, you finally told the truth. That's all he wants is honesty. He wants a pure heart coming up there. Amen. So your faith can work and it can work well. And she said, you know what? I was wrong about those people. Come on, y'all. Because we've all been there. We've been, we've painted people with a broad brush. Stayed away from because we were sure they were just like that bunch over there that we're supposed to hate. And when she finally gets free from that, she can give her testimony. See? No, I was wrong about about the Jewish people. I used to think they were all negative about us. Or they all didn't like us. But there's a prophet over there that prays for everybody. Because he cast the devil out of my daughter. Because I finally was honest with him. And let him know I wasn't sure I could trust him. Amen? And so these are the things that, that God is after with us. To perfect our faith. It's, he wants a mature bride. He doesn't want somebody who's uh, one way one day and one way another day. I mean, uh, you know, something different the next day. He wants us to walk in purity of heart and love toward all men. Amen. And so this is why we go through some of the things we go through. To clear out the cobwebs. To clear out the old ideas. To clear out the stereotypes. To clear out the prejudices. He wants all that stuff. It's got to be love, folks. There's no reason that a Christian cannot walk in love toward all men. Because the love you're using was sown to you. It was given to you. It's not your love anyway. So we're walking in love on loan. Amen. So God's not asking you for anything that belongs to you. He's asking you for what rightfully belongs to him that he has given you to use so that you can live a better life. So that you can live a peaceful life. So you can live a blessed life. Amen. And so we have to sometimes get get rid of our fear and get a boldness and a confidence in us to step out and be who God called us to be. We can't be the same people over and over and over again and think we're going to get get miracles and greater things from God. He's elevating us at the same time that he's blessing us. He's not leaving your blessing aside. He's elevating you so that he can put this blessing into your life and it'll remain there. Amen? Why would he go to Jairus' home, heal his daughter, only to let him continue the same way? 
These things have to change us, folks. And it's good to get the change up front. Ruler of the synagogue, where we're going to have a, a, a priest meeting at my house where we can run Jesus down. See, that's going to have to stop. If he wants that girl to live, it's going to stop. So he's going to do a lot of things differently now. We all are. Amen. And it's for our good. I don't know about you, but I feel better when I'm at peace with, with people. And when I have love in my heart for everybody, I just feel better. Amen. And I know God inside me feels better too. And we, we walk in harmony all the whole time. And so Jairus, everybody has to go through this of emptying out of the old. When Jesus talked about, he had just preached a sermon on new wineskins. Amen. Amen. Let me see where that is. Matthew. It might be in Matthew, that one there. I think it's Matthew 9. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. Matthew 9, 14. Then came him to the disciples of John, saying... Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But he says this, the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast. No man puts a piece of new cloth in an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up takes away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Neither do men put new wine in the old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runs out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. So Jairus steps up right at this time. It's like Jesus could say, and speaking of old wineskins... See, Jairus is going to have to be made over again. Come on now. He can't be the ruler of the synagogue anymore. He can't be a Pharisee anymore. He can't be whatever he was anymore. Now he's got to convert and be a disciple. If he's, he's, his, his, everything about him is going to have to change. And so that old wineskin thing that he's been operating in, that's got to be done away with. That's got to be over. Amen. And he understands what's at stake here. And he wants it over. Trust me. He wants it over because he eventually gets what he needs from God. It would be a terrible thing for him to be at the, at the crucifixion on the opposition side. You got me? Amen. Saying crucify him. But I'm sure he, he was over that. He was so thankful. To have his family back, his daughter back, all of that stuff. Amen. So anyhow, Jesus is, is, and Jesus went with him. That's, that's the, the, the definitive yes answer. When you ask in faith, Jesus goes with you until that answer comes to you. Whatever you need in between, he is there to supply it to you. 
Just like he's walking with Jairus, he is there with us to complete our faith, to make sure we get what it is that we've requested of him. He's not somewhere off trying to make it hard for you. Every time something happens and and you feel like you've taken a step back or you feel like it's been too long or whatever, he's not off on the sidelines saying, well, you know, that's what you get for so-and-so and such-and-such. That's not his position. And he's not far away hiding himself from you, waiting for you to come up with the right answer on your own. He's waiting for you to turn to him in faith and confidence that you have already received it and he's merely carrying out the rest of your request. He's with you the whole time until you get what it is that you desire. The Holy Spirit doesn't move out of us because we, we have questions or, or we are complaining or we, we're wondering. That's when he steps up even more. That's when he helps us even more. When we're floundering. See, many times we take, let me see, how do I want to say this? I think it's the trust thing sometimes. We don't bank enough trust in him to know that he knows when we're we're faltering, when we're complaining on the inside, we're about to give up or we're getting faint or whatever. We think he's abandoned us because we feel abandoned. And why do we feel abandoned? Because we're not trusting him. We're not hand in hand with him. Jesus is getting too hard for me right now. What do I do? I don't know. I don't understand this. What do I do? But instead what we do is we go off by ourselves and try to figure out what it is that we need to do. Well, we've already done what we needed to do. We just need to stand on what we've done. Didn't you ask him in faith? Haven't you been worshiping him and in your word and everything? Isn't that enough? Don't get yourself into works. Make sure you stay in faith. Faith means trusting him. That he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Trusting that he will come and help us when we falter. He will, he will be there for us when we don't understand which way to go. All of that is true about him all the time. It, it's not like we've done something that, that's, that we've got to fix. If you could fix yourself, you wouldn't be saved. Amen. You'd be off in the world doing whatever people in the world do. So we got to depend on him all the time. You never outgrow your need for him for in his help. We always need his help. Now we say that, but when situations come up where we need his help, we want to act like we got all the answers. Then we're mad at ourselves because we don't have all the answers. We can't go to God again because here I am again. I messed up again. Huh? So, so we got to let all that go and just realize what what his job is as somebody who prays for us. He ever lives to make intercession for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. He prays through us. He makes utterances, groanings we cannot understand. Too hard to be uttered. Amen? 
that that and, and really that's not tongues and the groanings we do. The Bible says that they cannot be uttered. There's some praying the Holy Ghost does for us that don't come through your mouth. We I, everybody say praise God. He ain't waiting on me to say something. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, there is so much help for us. We're never beyond help, folks. Never. It's never too late. So, so the fact that Jesus goes with him means that girl is healed. See, this is where you believe you received it when you prayed and you have it. Because what does Jairus have? He's got Jesus. You got me? That's better than the answer to your prayer. Because not only is he the answer to your prayer, he's your companion. He's your friend. If you don't think you need a friend when you fight this warfare, I got news for you. You need an army of friends. Amen? You do. You need Jesus as your friend, your guide, your perfecter, your helper. You need him for all of that stuff. Because it's tough out here without him, folks. So you want to keep him close to you at all times. So here you see Jesus as the comforter. Because Jairus does not have to go home alone and face a dying daughter. Or a daughter who's not well. He has company, strong company to go with him. Amen. And Jesus said, what did he say? It's expedient for you that I go, but I won't leave you orphans. I'm going to send another comforter. The Holy Spirit. So you have the Holy Spirit with you all the time to comfort you. To reassure you. To help you. To guide you. To teach you. For you to totally lean on Him. Amen. So you don't have to lean to your own understanding. You don't have to figure out what's wrong. Amen. You need to come to the conclusion. You know what? Nothing's wrong. And because Jesus is with me and he's right all the time. And Jesus, let me just talk to you about this so I can get me some reassurance that I'm still on the right road. I'm still going to get there. I'm still, still, amen. You're still, that's what it means to stand. It doesn't tell you to lay down and roll over and whine. It says stand. Even though you might have one of them feel like them lay down, roll over and whine days, Amen. We all have them. Come on now. It's not that that you don't have them. But you give them to him. And say, God, I know know between me and you I can do better than this. You understand what I'm saying? I I think I can. I know I can. I think I can. I know I can. You know, whatever you do to convince yourself that, that it's not too late for your answer. It's not too late for your promise to come to pass. There, I, I like the, uh, I was listening to, um, I think it was that Dean Braxton, the guy that was dead for an hour and a half and went to heaven. Amen. I was thinking about that. Most people aren't dead that long and come back. He got to spend a lot of time up there. I mean, earth time, you know, I mean, God can, can make you see a lot and compress it, but he was, he was there long enough to get comfortable there. You know what I'm saying? And, and bring things back. And he said that there is no expiration date on prayers. He saw that. That was part of what he saw when he was there. And it's part of what his message is to people on the earth now. That 
that God wanted him to see. He said, actually, when he was going through the the heavens, he said he saw many stars shooting past him, going faster than he was going. And he said that the Lord told him those were the prayers for him and for many other people that were shooting past him getting to heaven. You got me? So there's no, I mean, there's no time there. The minute, the Bible even says before we call, he answers. He's already answered before, and he has the answer, and he's working on getting it to us. Amen? The only thing he's, he's, what helps, what helps that process, I think, is when we fight the good fight, the good fight is the one that we fight to stay in faith. What, what things do you do to keep you in the spirit and keep you from being discouraged and wondering and wandering? That's the good fight. Cause it keeps you in there. Amen. And we all gotta do it. This is a hateful, sinful world we live in. And it's a deceptive world that we live in. And so that good fight is the one that, that you, you do in your own uh, prayer time and in in your own life, your your attitude of worship to God, your attitude of of how to encourage yourself in the Lord, all that stuff. You know, it, it's it goes toward it's ammunition for the fight to keep you in the fight. Amen. So, so um, uh, Jesus begins to walk with Jairus, and. I just always think about this. This woman with the issue of blood, she not operating on her own. She ain't just some chick that's, you know what I'm saying, coming in the line and sponging in the line. And This whole thing is orchestrated by God. There's no, there's no uh, usurpers here. There's no uh, uh, accidents. There's no emergencies. There are no mishaps. All of this is orchestrated by God. And I think what, what that says to me is that whatever happens in the process of your receiving the full manifestation of your promise, your faith is your spiritual manifestation. That's your down payment. So you got the heaviest portion already in you. Let's say it again. You got the heaviest portion of it already in you. The rest of it is just minor details. Well, how can you say that? You don't know what I'm going through. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm saying the fact that you've got faith in your heart for it. That God honors. You got it. It's all over but the shouting. And if you'll shout now. Maybe it'll get to you a little bit sooner. (laughs) Huh? Because it is all over but the shouting. If you take God at his word. Once you believe in your heart. You've got it already. You got the big part. Your faith will not rest. Until that promise is fulfilled. So from here on in, it's just a matter of you obeying where your faith leads you. Where is your faith taking you today? 
Oh, let me just hop on and go on for the ride because that's, you either ride or you'll struggle. You'll let the enemy start talking you down from your exalted place. Amen. You're seated with him in heavenly places when you believe. He's with you. You're with him. It's a done deal. Amen. Don't get distracted by the natural temporary realm. Natural realm is only temporary. It's just waiting for saints to believe and make it let go of stuff. Amen. Waiting for saints to beat it back. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so I just believe this is orchestrated by God. All of it. Amen. This woman just don't pop up here on her own volition at this time. How come she didn't come before Jairus got involved? You know, if she's a problem. You understand what I'm saying? Everything is working together for God's purpose in both their lives. Amen. And, and she said, Jesus went with him, verse 24, and many people followed him and thronged him, which means they were, he was like sandwiched in between all of these people. Now, Jesus is the master of crowd control, folks. Amen. If he doesn't want anybody around him, he'll get there. He'll make sure that that happens. And you'll see later he did just that. So he's the master of crowd control. But at this point, he feels led to leave the crowd close to him. Why? So your sister can tip up behind him and take her healing. We got somebody trying to take something and she can't be revealed. She can only afford to be a number right now. She can only afford to be very invisible right now. Because of Hebrew law. She's not a lawbreaker. We can see that. But she is a woman of faith. There will come a time where you have to make a choice between faith and the law. Amen. Even those of us who are New Testament Christians, born again Christians, you're going to have to make a decision between faith and the law. What does the law say about a lot of the stuff that we want? You don't deserve it. Look at you. You've been messing up for so long. But who among us can say we deserve anything but death? Amen. I, it, it amazes me. You'll see people say things. Well, God's got something better for you as though you deserve something better. Better than what? Aren't you asking for what you want? They always say that when you want to dump somebody you're married to. That's their main, huh? Thank you, Miss Vicky. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, haven't you been praying for the brother to be better? Till God turned the spotlight on you and then you start praying for you to be better. 
now that we're both all better, better, let us just drop the proceedings and go on home and act like you're normal. <laughs> you got me? You over your little fit. Go home and act like you're normal. Amen? <laughs> no, God doesn't give us what we deserve. He took what we deserved so that we could have his inheritance. And that is better. No matter where you are in your life in Christ, what you have is his inheritance. And it's better than what you would have gotten out here as a sinner. Amen? And so here, this woman comes up behind him and obeys the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's working in Jairus is working in her, is working in Jesus, is working crowd control, is working all of it. This whole thing is orchestrated by God. So the multitudes are pressed in against him for a reason. So this woman doesn't have to be uncovered. Jairus is the last person she wants to run into. Come on, y'all. So she got a lot of confidence in the Holy Ghost. That's why the crowd has to be so thick around Jesus. To keep her concealed from the ruler of the synagogue. He can send her right home empty handed. But it just so happens he's in a tough place himself. (laughs) See trouble levels the playing field doesn't it? It puts us all in the same boat of needing God real bad. So Jairus is like out the corner of his eye. Is that? Oh, I, I can't look over there. I'm too, I got to stay focused on what I need. I, I ain't for turning nobody in, rebuking nobody today. I ain't in no rebuke mood. I need a miracle too bad to rebuke anybody. Amen. And how do we know that she's not there to help his faith, Jairus' faith? Am I talking to the people at the YM? I'm going to say it again. How do we know she's not there? She's a necessary piece in the puzzle to help his faith. Because she could have come the next day. Or have come the day before. Why now? Why in this situation? Why in the middle of him getting Jesus to come to his house does she have to show up? Got it? This is all orchestrated by God, folks. It's every piece is necessary. Amen. Every piece is necessary. It says here, a woman, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, 
within herself and she talked to herself. If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She was convinced. You don't see any wiggle room. It's not, if I can, maybe if I can touch him, maybe I can get something. Or maybe I can feel better. No. She said, "Uh uh-uh. If I touch this man, I'm going to get it. See, she was primed already by the Holy Spirit. She was fully persuaded. Amen. Just like Jairus, when he starts out, he's fully persuaded. We all are. Well, the first day you go to pray, you're fully persuaded. But what happens in between? It wears everybody. That ticking down. I didn't say that, say Vanna White gonna give you something. I, just, I don't even know if that's Vanna White's music is, I don't know. But anyway, you know, oh, Jeopardy, right? Yeah, okay, but anyway, Alex. Uh, but, but that time gets to be our enemy. See, Jairus is in this kind of mentality. Let me grab him and let him run to my house real fast because she's, she's in bad shape. Now, what do you think the devil does to people like that? You better get there. Oh, Lord. She, um, she did. Don't even, don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Then he finally blurts it out and he gets it out there. And Jesus is on the way following him. Amen. That time issue is something we have to erase out of the equation. You got to take that out of there. Because time will cause your faith to start and stop. It'll cause it to stall. So as quickly as you can realize that you're concerned about time again. And begin to thank God that you have it already. You can't have it and be concerned about time at the same time. Amen. Because your faith doesn't have a clock on it. Your faith is now all the time. It's a good thing to remind yourself that you have it now on a regular basis. Or your mind will drift off into never-never land. So here this woman comes up. And Jairus is like, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. She's had an issue of blood 12 years. And suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had. So here we got two people. Time has run out on both of them. They're all desperate. Amen. She might be able to wait another day. But God tells her not to. Go get. She realizes there's no reason for me to wait. I'm not waiting on another doctor. Because there are no more. Because I can't afford them if there were any more. So I got to go another direction for this that I need. And and that's the way we all are. We realize that only our faith is going to get us to the place we need to go. And we've got to be committed to follow our faith wherever it leads us and at the pace that it leads us. We've got to trust God enough to put him in total control of our faith. 
because he's the only one who understands it. He's the only one. He's the author and the fit. It, it belongs to him. It's his faith as well as ours. Amen. Because we've taken that measure that he gave us and invested it in him. Leave it over in him. Don't pull it out and try to do your own thing. Amen. Leave your faith invested in him. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. And, and, and it, it will pay off for you. You'll see the fruit of it. And it says she was nothing better, rather grew worse. She, when she heard of Jesus, she came immediately behind him <laughs> and touched him. The minute she got in that crowd and was able to touch him, she took it. Because she was convinced it belonged to her. Amen. Even under a different system, under a different, see, the old wineskins are being shed away. And you're seeing evidence now of Jesus just preached about new wineskins. Well, she caught on. You don't know if she might have just been in that crowd and heard that sermon. And let the Holy Spirit start showing her now that she, he's, he's telling her, now listen, the way you've been living is the old wineskin Jesus has been talking about. You gotta get rid of that. Come into the new wineskin. The new wineskin takes freely from him what he says belongs to us. And if he does it for one person, he'll do it for everybody. He's no respecter of persons. That's the new wineskin. So she's under that doctrine now. Where the old thing isn't relevant anymore. It's passed away. Jesus is operating in a new covenant, the covenant that belongs to the kingdom that's without observation. This is an invisible kingdom he's preaching. And it can be administered to anybody anytime by faith, not by the works of the law. That's all done away with now. So little by little he's dispelling. That's why the rulers of the synagogue are nervous. Because he's talking about something they don't have control over anymore. In fact, his tastes a whole lot better than theirs does. When you talk about new wine, here's a, a, a holy man, a prophet, talking about wine. he got everybody's attention in that crowd. The drunks and the sober people. Huh? And they say, oh, what's this new wine? He's, what's this, what's this about? Huh? Got everybody's attention. And so when he talks about old things, we don't do that the old way anyway. There's a new way, the way of faith. Just step out in what you believe. Ask me anything that you want. Just ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Just come to me and ask me for what you want. Even the people that had had weak and raggedy faith stayed in the, the hunt. Look at the disciples. How many times they got rebuked for little faith, weak faith. Where is your faith? Many times they put their faith away and tried to make Jesus believe for them. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so they're all in different levels, but this faith thing is beginning to catch on. And the Pharisees see it before anybody else do. The devil always sees what catches on first. Anything that's a threat to him, he keeps up with. Big time. Amen. So he knows this thing about 
the new wineskin, that's a threat. The old thing done away with, that's a threat to them. Because the old stuff is what keeps them popular, keeps them with control over the money, with control over the people. That's how they control everything is through the old wineskin. But Jesus is saying right now, you've got to shed that. And who's the first one who steps up? Jairus. Amen. Old wineskin steps up and lets Jesus know, I heard what you were talking about. And I'm ready to trade in the old for the new. You said if we believed, we would see the glory of God. And I'm ready to see your glory. I'm putting my trust in you. And so as they go, then this lady shows up. This certain woman. She's she's had this problem for 12 years. I I was thinking that she might even, we always think she's an older woman. You know, you think fibroids. Something, you know, or a tumor or something, somebody, oh, but you don't know, she might have, she might be childbearing years. Twelve years might be a long time for a, a young woman to wait to have children. Y'all understand me? He, he, he put a connotation on it that relates to as many people as you can. See, this, this kind of faith works for, for people who are, are pressed for time. See, biological clock running out. She probably has never had any children. Or if she has, she certainly can't have any now. Amen. Bleeding all the time. And so she's she's desperate. Just like Jairus is desperate. Here we got two desperate people. Wanting something from the master at the same time. So God has to make it work for everybody. He can't let anything be lost here. That Jesus is holding on to. He's holding this girl in sleep mode. First she was sick. Now she's sleep. He's holding on to that faith for her healing. No matter what the natural realm says. That's true for us too folks. No matter what things transpire in the natural. He's still holding on to that first prayer you prayed. I don't care how many years ago it was. Some of them are decades old. Amen? He doesn't give you a guarantee that you won't have to hold on forever. But you got to keep holding on. He encourages us to hold on. He never tells you to let go. Amen? Unless it's somebody whose will is overriding yours in a way that your prayer won't work. But he respects your faith so much. You got me? You'll see those situations where somebody's a believer. They're 95 and they're waiting for the kids to get away from their bed so they can really talk to God about coming home. Do you understand what I'm saying? In a situation like that. It's not for somebody that you're not sure about and they may be going to hell. You gotta, you gotta hold on to them for dear life. Amen. Cause you, you just don't know. So, and it's best to hold on to your faith period. Amen. It says here, uh, she, she, she said, if, if I can just touch his garment, not him, his garment. Why not him? She doesn't want to be detected. Amen. Then she knows that there's power, that, that his garment represents his office. 
She's not a groupie trying to be in the Jesus crowd, which many of these people are. Amen. Because you can tell there many of them are just spectators because the minute he starts to preach on the blood, everybody evaporates. All them hard sayings, you lose the crowd. Amen. That's why it's good not to be a crowd pleaser in your preaching. Just preach truth. You understand what I'm saying? God will always back up truth. And and so she said, if I can just but touch his clothes, I will be whole. She's sure about it. She's heard from God. He set the scenario for her. She's probably played it out in her mind many times. So she's reinforced that truth that, that, that her faith will be, be totally released when she touches him. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So when you are healed, you know it. God will tell you. You know, there have been people that have been on medication. You know, desperate for like heart medication, blood pressure medication. And then one day they'll start to say to themselves, I wonder if I should, I wonder. See? It starts off with a wondering. I wonder if I should still be taking this, if I should talk to the doctor and see if, see if I still really need it. You got me? And then that thought begins to grow. It's not just, uh, I'm sick of these pills. It's not done in that, that mentality. See, this, you know, complaining thing. It's generally done in a wondering, you know, an idea that comes in. And you gotta test it out to see if it's God talking to you or not. Amen? You can, you can try it. If it doesn't work for you, go back to what you've been doing. Amen? But you tried. You're letting your faith advance some. You want your faith to bear fruit for you. And he says, and right away, she knew that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, or power, turned him about in the press, excuse me, and said, who touched my clothes? Now, she was thinking about getting her healing, snatching her healing and running home. Amen? But the ministry of Jesus is not like that. You don't snatch nothing and run. You're not a thief. Amen? He wants her to know that she's an heir. He wants her to know how God feels about what she just did. Because she got two conflicting ideas. See, conflicting ideas, one can always win out over the other one. One idea is, we're still under the law. I can't let anybody know I'm out here, and I certainly can't know. So I'm not going to touch him as a holy man. I'm just going to touch what he's wearing. You know, low, low, uh, what did I say, low, um, low... (laughs) Low collateral damage, you know, low impact. Just go up there and touch it and walk on home. Act like I didn't do nothing. Anybody comes to my house, I won't tell them nothing. See, the the idea that she's doing wrong is still with her. 
He can't leave us like that. Because see, the idea that you do wrong is what robs you of everything that God has for you. At some point, that's going to rob her of her healing and he knows it. See, if she thinks, the devil will get her home and say, Ooh, you shouldn't have done that. Every time she goes by the synagogue, she'll get nervous. She can't tell anybody that she can be around people because she didn't go through the law to get it. She went through the law, but she went through a higher law. Faith is higher than the Old Testament law. Amen. The law was added to explain to us how little we we deserved what we got. Come on now. When it says thou shalt not, you go and do it anyway. And God knows you're going to do it. What That did you one good and that was to know you're wrong. And know you, you long for the day when you don't have to live like this anymore. And she got to that day where she didn't have to live by the law anymore. Because the law failed her. The, 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 the synagogue system was so corrupt. Jesus, you know, when he went in there, it was on a day. You see, most of the time he spent out on the streets treat, speaking to people. Because he knew what he would have to do when he went in there. He would either have to hold his nose and go ahead and preach and teach and help some people who were still trapped in that system. Or he would have to go in there guns blazing, cat of nine tails whipping everybody out. It was not going to be pleasant either way. So he was correcting the old system and liberating people from it into a better covenant based on better promises. And that's a big job. So he has to reassure people that when they step out of the old wineskin and into the new, he has to reassure people that they've done the right thing. That this new wineskin thing is the right thing for them to do. So he has to reassure them that they have done the right thing. And, and this lady is no exception. So he takes her aside, says to her, yeah, she knows within her that her faith made her whole. But she doesn't understand it. And she's not set free from the bondage and the tyranny of the old covenant law, which did not work for her. Because really, Jairus should be the one to proclaim her healed. But he looking for healing himself. He said, hey, I can't help you, sister. I just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm begging myself. You know what I'm saying? I would give you $10, but I'm begging myself. So here everybody's, it levels the playing field, doesn't it? Faith levels the playing field. Because everybody's got to conform and come up with faith that pleases God in order to get what we're asking for. Amen. So he takes her aside. You know, he got all day and he does. (laughs) If Jesus say I got all day, I got all day. So he looks around and says, who touched my clothes? 
not who touched me. He's specific about it. He wants to identify this woman. Amen. Who deliberately went after touching my clothes. So he's really repeating what the Holy Spirit told her. The Holy Spirit speaking to Jesus is repeating what the Holy Spirit told her she had to do in order to get her healing. That's why she couldn't be hid in the crowd anymore. See, before, she was just a name, a number, a face in the crowd. Don't recognize me. Don't tell nobody I came by. I'm going to take what I need and just kimble on out of here. Amen? Like a thief. Amen. Now she's ID'd. Who touched my clothes? And the disciples even come in and, and try to muddy the situation up. See, the disciples questioning could be her way of escape. Huh? Think about it now. Here, all these people are around Jesus. He said, who touched my clothes? Disciples are saying, Master, everybody's everybody's touching you. They said, no, who touched my clothes? I didn't ask about all these entourage, spectators. You got me? When he said, who touched my clothes, she knew she had been identified. She was hoping to get a pass. But she knew she had been ID'd. Disciples, you see the multitude thronging you, you say, who touched you? No, I said, who touched my clothes? And he looked about to see who had done it. But she spoke up before he could figure out who she was. Hmm. Who touched my clothes? He could have pointed to her and said, you touched me. But he didn't go there. He waited for what? For her to speak up. And identify herself. That makes all the difference in the world, folks. Whether he puts it on you or whether you bring it forth. Amen. That's why many times God will leave us to search out our answer in the scriptures. Search out our answer the best way we can. Sometimes it seems like, boy, I've been, I've been lingering with this for a long time now. God, you gotta give me an answer. You gotta give me an answer. And it may be a while before you get what it is you're looking for. There's a purpose to all of it. The fact that she confessed it was her made all the difference in the world in what she was receiving after that in, in the way Jesus treated her. It made all the difference in the world. What you confess, when you confess honestly before God, when that conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you make your confession, makes all the difference in the world to how God responds to you. Don't think it doesn't matter. It does matter. When God honestly, when that that light of the word focuses on you, and you say, God, that's me. That's, that's me. I did that. Right or wrong, whether it was right or wrong, I'm willing to own it 
and be responsible. That makes all the difference in the world and what you receive. Why don't we quit? Well, Father, we thank you for, for your word and we thank you for your understanding that you give us in the word of God. And Lord, we just bless you and we praise you and we thank you for always coming to our rescue and giving us words of encouragement, uh, words of understanding, words that, that help us and, and minister to us in such a great way. So Lord, we honor you and we love you and we thank you. We thank you for what you have done in us today. And we bless you and we praise your holy name, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. We love you so much. We love you with your everlasting love. And we don't ever want to lose, leave this place of loving you. And so, Lord, we thank you for everything, every single thing that you're doing in our midst and in our lives. Love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen and amen again. Praise God.